grandmas, everyone has them, everyone loves them, but what happens when the world of the paranormal gets its gnarly clutches on our grandmothers? First off, you're like, Jason, I don't want to hear a whole episode about grandmas getting attacked. First off, what happens when a ghostly encounter leaves a family wondering what they're truly leaving behind? And then we travel to Brazil. (laughs) We travel to Brazil to take a look at an old grandma who died in her sleep. It appeared she died of natural causes. Well, that's what everyone thought until her face disappeared. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun out there in the world. And I hope you guys have some awesome plans for the weekend. We got a lot of stuff to cover. So first off, oozing on into Dead Rabbit Command as slow as she possibly can attendee of the Oregon Ghost Conference showing up to listen to me speak. Totally awesome. Everyone give it up for Snail Eyes. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah! Clap your hands. Make sure they're not salty. Make sure... <laughs> I don't know why we're clapping them right next to her. Snail Eyes, Patreon supporter and attendee of the Ghost Conference. You're going to be our captain or pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the show financially or show up to the live events, that's fine too. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That can help out so much. If you want to be part of the Fluffle, to tell people about it, you're like, Jason, quit trying to make this work. No one no one wants to be a part of something called a fluffle. You're making me not want to promote your podcast. Snail eyes, let's go ahead and hope you evolve some arms to catch the keys that I'm throwing at you. Catch the keys of the Jason Jalopy. We're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. Drive us all the way out to a little boy's house. We're showing up. At this dude's house, snails driving a car. It's just a weird, wacky weekend for everyone involved. We're about to meet these this young guy. These are all fake names. He didn't give his actual names. We're about to meet this kid named Philip. And Philip tells this story. Philip's an adult now, but he tells a story about what happened when he was a kid. He'd often go over to his friend's house. We'll call this dude Mikey. Good friend. They'd hang out just chilling. But it's kind of hard to chill. In a haunted house. He goes, you know, they told me the house was haunted. And I'm a kid. I believed in that. You know, if an adult's like, yeah, watch out. (laughs) Don't go into the basement. It's haunted. You tell that to an eight-year-old. They're like, ah. If you tell that to an adult, they might go, "Ah, I don't believe you. And the guy's like, hey, man, your funeral. Go go down there if you want. If it's not haunted, it's extremely dangerous. I leave nails just laying out around the floor. Philip is told this place is haunted, and he soon begins to experience some haunted activity for himself. He goes, I'll tell you two stories that happened in my buddy Mikey's house. The basement was haunted, which makes sense. If any place is going to be haunted, it's the place underground. That's where we put bodies. That's you know, Bodies go there. And, and when things die, they rot into the ground, whether it's like an elk or a dandelion. So you figure ground stuff underground would be more haunted than... I have no, no science to back that up. We don't have a lot of ghost hunters that are like, hey, I'm just going to uh, live in this uh, underground yurt for a while and see if any ghosts show up. But it'd be, I imagine there's a lot of haunted caves out there. Maybe. I don't know. I have no, nothing to back that up. But anyways, 
He goes to the basement. <laughs> the basement, the scientifically spookiest place, according to podcaster Jason Garbiner. Basement was haunted, and he goes, you would go down there, which, why? <laughs> That's your first thing. If your basement was haunted, you'd go down there once or twice because you'd be curious about ghosts, but after that, you're like, I'm just moving the whole workshop up here, honey. Like, we're just going to have to get rid of the dining room because I'm not going back into the basement. I'm not going back into the basement. What they would see is a glowing green light. A glowing green light. What's interesting is he goes, it wasn't a form. It wasn't in the shape of a human, all green in the corner of the room. It wasn't even like an orb or an oval. Trapezoid, you're thinking. Nope, not that either. It was no shape. It was an amorphous cloud, a fog of unexplainable green light glowing in the basement. You may think gas leak, right? Radiation leak. It could be any any of the leaks. It could be any of the leaks going on down there, creating this green gas that's floating down there. What's odd is that they continue to use the basement. I I wouldn't. Like, I'd go down there once or twice, and then I'd be done with it. Even though a green glow is not, like, the scariest thing in the world, it is in the basement. <laughs> Anything in the basement is scary. A Domino's pizza in the basement would be the scariest pizza possible. It's in the basement. So anyways, he tells that story. And he goes, I got another basement story for you. He goes, my... My buddy Mikey and his family were moving away. It was not fog-related. It was not green mist-related. He goes, my buddy Mikey was moving away. And I was helping him pack up, and we're in the basement. Like, why do they have stuff down there? Beyond me. But he goes, we're in the basement. We're packing stuff up. And apparently, the basement door is shut. So, these I don't know if these are just brave kids. These are straight-up goonies. Or I'm a big scaredy cat, but they're down in the basement. The basement, the door leading to the basement is shut. The parents are gone. So it's just these two boys in the basement. And Mikey's dog is upstairs, like in the living room area. So the door's shut. Dog is in the living room area. They're down in the basement. They're packing stuff up. And all of a sudden, they hear Mikey's dog... Barking up a storm. He's freaking out. He's not barking like a mailman just walked by. He's barking like something is scaring him. And then all of a sudden, they hear him go, yip, 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 yip. He's doing that yipping thing, and he's scratching on the door to get into the basement. And he's like scratching on the door, and... How <laughs> Philip and Mikey haven't wet their pants at this point. Maybe they did. Maybe this is one of the things they don't want to talk about. The pool of urine beneath both of their legs. They're hearing Mikey's dog yelp and scratch at the door, desperately trying to get down into the basement. And then all of a sudden, they hear a woman laugh. <laughs> I don't know if it got all creepy like that. It could have been like a socialite laugh. It could have been like, Again, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter if it sounded like the Joker or if it sounded like your mom laughing. It's terrifying. It's terrifying because neither the Joker or your mom should be standing next to a whimpering dog. 
And then they heard the dog just immediately stop. No barking, no yelping, no scratching. Once the woman laughed, <laughs> all noise stopped. Standard ghost story. <laughs> it's a little standard. This one was able to chase a dog around and make it stop. It's interesting. We we do, like that's how the story ends. He doesn't say. And then we crept up the stairs and opened it, and the dog leapt into her arms. Like apparently, they're not their kids aren't into the basement to this day. He's not posting this from down there. He's like, please help. We're too scared to open the door. Parents never came home. Mikey ended up moving away. This guy became an adult. Is posting this. He's safe. Don't think that he's still trapped in the basement, but. What is this story? It sounds like a classic ghost story. A haunted house. This amorphous gas. It does sound a lot like a, it does sound a lot like a gas leak. I gotta be honest. Uh, the, the appearance of a green glowing fog in your basement. And then hearing things in your basement while you're around that fog. You're like, wow, man. I'm sure to see a lot of haunted things. When I stand next to this burst pipe. This burst pipe that's pumping in toxins. Man, this is the best paranormal activity ever. Nothing's, nothing comes up on my camera. I don't know why. Exactly, it could be a burst pipe, right? But what's interesting about this is not just the activity itself is really uh, Philip kind of buries the lead on this. He ends this thing. He's telling us these stories and he goes, apparently, oh, and the dog was okay. The dog was okay. They, well, I, I figure if the dog wasn't okay, they would have been like, oh yeah. And then the dog was all beat up. Had a little like cast on its arm and stuff like that. Probably would have kept that in the story. So if for all you dog lovers out there who keep emailing me, I keep covering stories where dogs get beat up. <laughs> I don't mean to. I don't mean to, but anyways, um, dog's okay. He Philip ends his story like this. This is creepy when you think about it. So this house is haunted. This family's been living in it. Remember, they're moving away. He ends his story with this. Apparently, this is a quote, apparently his grandma haunted the place along with other entities. So it's not the idea that the grandma was chasing the dog around. The grandma's ghost was chasing the dog around and she was the one laughing. It's kind of thrown in as the aside. It's kind of thrown in as an aside of the ending. Apparently his grandma haunted the place along with other entities. And I thought about that. That's that's terrifying. Imagine you're a grandma and you're dying. You're, sorry, this is so depressing. You're like, oh, come on, Jason. Really, this is your Friday episode? You're a grandma, and you're dying, and you're surrounded by your loved ones, and you'll be like, oh, little Billy Bob, come here and give me a hug. Oh, my arms are too weak. Nancy, hold my arms up. <laughs> my arms up and wrap them around Billy Bob's neck. Oh, yeah. And you're like, your other hand, you're like petting baby Susie. You're like, let me just rub her tummy one last time. Ah, uh, yes, pinching cheeks, pinching cheeks as you're losing consciousness. You're like, ah, oh, you keep reaching out, pinch, pinch, pinch. And then you die. And now your ghost is floating around the home of your grandkid. You're floating around Mikey's house and you see this beautiful family. And they're doing all this beautiful family stuff. And you're like, ah, oh, yes, grandma's transcended life after death. Pinching cheeks from the afterlife. I got past the pearly gates and I came back down to earth. 
and I'm going to be floating around this house. But the problem is, is that this house is haunted with other entities. There's a bunch of horrible things in this house. So the grandma's like, oh, man, she's like thinking she, she's like, oh, I'm going to be one of those ghosts that makes the smell of perfume waft through the room when my loved ones come and they'll be like, do you smell that? That's the smell of grandma's perfume. Oh, I can't wait to be that kind of ghost. And then you go into this house and all of a sudden there's just like a creepy shadow man. <laughs> there's like a shadow man just standing in the kitchen. You're like, oh. She's trapped in this house with other entities. She's like, I want her to be like the cool grandma ghost. Not the green fuck ghost. She's scared to go in the basement. She's like, I'm a ghost. I got nothing to fear. I don't even want to go down to the basement. Where's that green fog coming from? Oh, no. I'm trapped in this house with these other ghosts. These other entities. And the family's moving away. <laughs> the family's out. So now Grandma is... Basically, a bunch of new people are going to be in there. And Grandma's like, oh, man, I don't know these people. I'm making the whole place smell like perfume. And they're like, what? What does it smell like roses in here? She's like, it was my favorite perfume. And my family would have remembered me. The grandma's trapped in this house with not only a new family, but all of these other entities. It's chilling to think about, right? You f would hope that the grandma could follow them to the next house, but... No, she's probably trapped in this house and she's probably now just as scared that grandma's soul is like hiding in the cupboard. And she's like, I hope they don't find me. Oh, I hope they don't find me. Mikey, Mikey, why'd you leave me? Uh, as the shadow man's creeping through the darkness looking for grandma. That's <laughs> a terrifying story for a Friday, right? And we're just getting started. If you're a fan of grandma's, you probably shouldn't have listened to that one. Listen, man, I'm a huge fan of grandmas. I love my grandmas. They've all passed away, <laughs> which makes it even more terrifying. But no. Uh, however, this next grandma-related story, if you thought that last one was kind of tame, you're like, oh, boring. Grandma's soul getting eaten. Uh, tell me something that I don't love, Jason. Snail eyes, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the carpenter copter. We're leaving behind this house. Wave goodbye to Grandma. She's trapped there for eternity. Take us all the way out to Brazil. Specifically, we're headed to Santa Isabel, Brazil. And the area surrounding this town. It's July 1999. I got to give a huge shout out to Patreon supporter Matthias Gamara. Matthias Gamara sent me over this story, but it was more than that. The only sources for this story are in Portuguese. And he translated it. He sent me over scanned pages of the book, several, uh, quite a few pages. He sent over the book, the originals to me. He translated it for me, wrote this story up. Awesome work. Really, really enjoy it. This is a big story. This should be a big story in UFOlogy, and it's weird that it's not. We'll get into that. Let's go. You could see that there's you could see this being a really popular story because the mystery is still ongoing. Matthias got this from a book called Strange Harvest, or Weird Harvest, depending on the translation. 
It's a book. It's only available in Portuguese. It's written by a university professor named Carlos Alberto Machado, and he's a big UFO researcher specifically on cryptids. We're looking at the Chupa Chupa and the Chupa Cabra. These creatures, the book Strange Harvest has the subtitle, Unusual Human Mutilations. There's that very famous human mutilation story. Obviously, we're talking about like UFOs. I'm not talking about like creepy serial killers, but we covered it a long time ago on the show. I'll see if I can find it. But there's that very famous. We have all these cattle mutilation stories. There's that very famous story that took place, I believe, in South or Central America of a man who was found with the same wounds that we see in cattle mutilations. And there's always been a question. Was it a drug related murder? They were torturing him because of some sort of cartel activity. Or was it alien because he does have these weird and very famous photos like you can find these photos all online. So we do hear story, very few stories about human mutilations. This dude's written an entire book about it. It's never been translated to English. And the story we're going to take a look at as well, it's truly unusual. If half of these details are correct, right, if half of these details aren't just completely made up, and I believe the story is very authentic, there's photos for this one as well. Gruesome photos. I don't know why the story's not more popular. Let's get into it. July 1999, we're in Santa Isabel, Brazil. A woman wakes up in the middle of the night <laughs> to the sound of dogs barking. I'm sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. And she's like, oh, what in the world are those two dogs up to? And the dogs are in the house with her and they're just going ape all over the house, just barking really, really loud. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> she hears one of them whimpering. So she's walking to figure out what in the world, like were they chasing a rat or something like that? What in the world happened? She goes out into her living room and one of her dogs has been decapitated. So obviously she calls the police, right? She's not like, oh, I'll take care of that in the morning. <laughs> Hope the ex-murderer is gone. Oh, just cuddle in bed with my other dog. You'll keep me safe, the one who was barking and then whimpering. It was a clean cut. This dog was completely decapitated. And to make matters more mysterious, there was no sign of a break-in at this house. After the dog decapitation, for several nights, the animals in the area around Santa Isabel are acting all weird, right? I mean, you probably would, right? If you were a squirrel and they're like, dude, did you hear that Duke, that lovable dog got his head chopped off? You'd be like, what? That's nuts. You're, all, you're looking at the camera. Okay, anyways, animals are acting weird. Animals are acting weird. They're up all night. They're barking and mooing, cracking jokes, all sorts of stuff. So anyways... People are having a hard time getting to sleep because you would, right? Dogs are barking, all that stuff. Uh, owls, like sitting right in your fridge. You open up your freezer. <laughs> There's an owl going, ooh! Acting super spooky. Every All the animals are worked up and that's actually working up all the people as well. Well, what happens is Santa Isabel is a small city. And in this city lived a grandma named Alzira Maria de Jesus. She was a 70-year-old grandma who lived at home with her son and her daughter-in-law and her grandson. 
Grandma Jesus, Grandma Jesus. Oh yeah, Grandma Jesus, can you tell me a story about what it was like when you were a kid? And she's like, Yeah, I wasn't so old. My bones didn't hurt. Just existing wasn't incredibly painful. And the baby's like, oh, that's kind of a fun story. I go now. Bye, little baby. It was a good life. Like, who wouldn't want to spend the end of their life surrounded by their family? And it was the end of her life. She was sick. Her health was failing. She was living there with her son, Paulo. Paulo? Paulo. And her daughter-in-law's name was Sonia. This is one of those stories. Think about how often in Dead Rabbit Radio where we have to go, I don't know this person's name. We're going to call her Donna. This is a very well-documented event. This police reports and interviews and tons of resources have been spent investigating this. It's definitely incredibly fascinating. We It doesn't mean I can pronounce them. It doesn't mean I can pronounce any of these names, but we have them. Paulo, his wife, Sonia, and then they have, sorry, it was a granddaughter. It wasn't a grandson, but whatever. Granddaughter. They're all taking care of Grandma Alziria. But at the same time, you're having these weeks in July with this weird activity at night, these dogs barking and these cows mooing and these chickens cock-a-doodle-doing and all that stuff. At the end of July, 1999, Alzira's daughter-in-law, Sonia, walks in to Grandma Alzira's room to bring her her breakfast, to bring her her morning meal, start the day off right, Grandma. Here you go. Orange juice, mashed potatoes, (laughs) and some waffles. I don't know. What do you feed a grandma? Soft stuff, right? But there, so peacefully that it looks like she simply just fell asleep. There on the bed lies Alzeria. She's dead. It had been a rough night. The animals are up barking all night long and making all this ruckus. Including the family's own dogs in the backyard. So it had been a rough night, it had been a loud night, but yet Alziria looked like she was at peace as she was laying there on the bed. She was draped in white clothes, laying against the white pillow. It just couldn't look any more angelic. She had finally found rest and peace after a long life. Sonia walks up and she actually touches Alzira's body and she does realize it's rigid and cold. She had died sometime late at night. There's no use calling for the ambulance now. She's moved on. Sonia picks up her daughter and calls her husband and says, Hey, honey, um, your mother, she's passed away. She's passed away in the middle of the night. And we're going to wait outside. <laughs> we're going to wait outside the house because it's a little spooky, right? Dead person in the house. I don't know if she said that. I mean, if she just wanted some fresh air. But the point is, is that she's outside the house and Paulo comes home from work. He's obviously upset because 70 is really not that old. But, you know, she was in failing health. Paulo comes home and sees his wife and his daughter outside the house. And they're like, yeah, we, we I checked on your mom. She's passed away. And Paulo walks into the house 
And about 30 minutes have passed at this point from the time that Sonia made the phone call. She discovered the body, made the phone call, and then Paulo is coming home. 30 minutes have passed. He walks into the house and Sonia's out there with her granddaughter. Then all of a sudden she hears the most mournful, panicked, blood-curdling scream she's ever heard from anyone. Let alone her husband. He runs out of his grandma's room and immediately calls the police. What happened? The police verify this. Crime scene photographs verify this. Witness testimony verifies this. When Sonia walked into the room, she saw Azira laying there, dead, her body cold and rigid, draped in these white clothes on this white pillow. When Paolo came home 30 minutes later, her face was gone. Both of her eyes were gone. All of her teeth, her nose, and one of her ears, gone. Even the muscle tissue, some of that was missing as well. And yet, there was not a single drop of blood on her white nightgown or her white pillow. And when police got there, when they touched her body, it was warm. This kind of became a huge news story in Brazil. And people really wanted to know what was going on. At first, it would have just been a tragic loss. A family loses their grandmother. She just dies in her sleep. But when this story gets out and the photos get out, and you have police officers on the scene who are telling journalists later, oh yeah, no, I think that was an alien. I'm not saying the grandma was an alien. I think aliens did it. It became a huge news story. And it's fascinating to think with all the photographic evidence, have you ever heard of this story? I had not heard of this story until Matthias sent it to me like a week ago. I've been in this game for decades. I've never heard this story before. The other story we covered about the human that the human who would have been mutilated in the ways that we see cattle get mutilated by aliens. I heard of that story. That story is older. I heard of that story quite a long time ago. But I mean, how is this story not more popular? It's really just a matter of translating it out. This story happened back in 1999 where you have a grandmother who's dead in her room. And then 30 minutes later, her face is removed. So let's take a look. We're not done with the story yet. We still got some other stuff to go into, but let's take a look at what we have right now. You have different scenarios. The coroner said it was rats. Rats must have gotten into the house and eaten her face. So that the, the cause of death... The cause of death, they figure, was just natural causes. What happened to her face? What happened to her muscle tissue and her teeth and her eyes and all of that? One of her ears. What happened? You had the coroner go, well, she died of natural causes. Everyone kind of agrees that she died of natural causes. The question is, what happened to her afterwards in that small period of time? The coroner goes, it was rats. The chief of police, the chief of police 
Jorge Vidal, this was his comment on it. He was one of the investigators there. He was the chief of police. He said, quote, there isn't any possible way for a human or animal to enter and completely eat that face without leaving a single trace in less than one hour. There was only one small hole in the kitchen where rats can go through, but that's unlikely because of the dogs and because her room's door was closed. So the chief of police came out and said, I don't believe the coroner's report. That's impossible. It just doesn't make sense. How would the rats have gotten in there, not only eaten all that delicious food all all laid up in this dead lady's face, but not leave any blood and evade? I mean, you figure, listen, if she had been there longer, if it had been a day, if there weren't dogs in the backyard and the rats were feeling brave, all sorts of things, and they figure they can outrun the dogs, to be able to get in through the kitchen, they would have had to get past the dogs first who were outside, All sorts of stuff. And given a longer amount of time, you could start to whittle some of this stuff away. But in a half hour without zero blood being spilled anywhere. I mean, you would have to have like a rat king roll into the house. And even then there would be a bunch of evidence, right? Nothing. No blood. No face. No suspects. For the chief of police to basically call out the coroner and say it's not rats. And to say it's not, it wasn't a human or an animal. Right? I mean, you know what he's saying right there. It's alien. What else could it possibly be? It wasn't a mineral unless it was like a conformer showing up. He's saying that it was nothing that you could think of. Nothing that you could possibly think of. It's not an animal. It's not a human. Something took this woman's face and you did have. This was a super popular story. And like I said, there's a lot of photographs. I'm going to go ahead. Well, it's funny. I I have to configure some stuff because Bethesda sent me the scans of the book, but I can't like, I have to, let me back up here. I'm going to go, I got to be careful with this. I'm going to take the, the, he scanned the pages of the book in for me to look at. I'm going to try to post those on Imager and I'll put the links in the show notes. I'm a little concerned. I don't know if you, because basically it includes photos of a dead human missing their face like is that gore will my account get shut down because here's the thing when he sent this over i was really appreciative but then i need to do because i'm I'm basically working off of his translation which hats off to you this was a lot of work he had to do i wanted to go and see if i could find some english versions of this and not only could i not find any english versions of this story i can't even find the photos online now, they might be somewhere. I didn't want to keep looking. I don't want to keep typing in face eaten off by rats because I know how Google is. It's going to eventually show me other people's faces getting eaten off by rats and I don't want to see those. Now, I did see the photos because he scanned them in. I'll try to post them online. But it's super interesting because there's a lot of stories from all over the world that do make it to Western media, right? We've covered stories from South America and Central America before. We've covered stories from Asia, we've covered stories from Eurasia, Russia, Eastern Europe, all that stuff. It's always interesting to me to see the stories that get translated and the stories that don't. This is not an urban legend. This is not a rumor. This is not something where people are like, we don't know. Well, I guess they are saying we don't know, but there are comments and interviews of the time and later there's photographic evidence that these people existed. 
And this is an incredibly obscure story. The you know again why is it her why was her body warm when the police showed up but it was cold a half hour earlier. It really becomes a local news sensation begins to spread around the region. People are talking about this. The coroner says it's rats. The coroner said it was rats, and and a lot of people disagreed with him. But the coroner was like, "No, you you're wrong. Rats. No, here's the thing. No one disagrees. Like, no rats. We are going to test it. We're gonna bring all these cadavers out. We'll throw rats at them and see who's right. Everyone agrees that rats can do this kind of damage. The question is, how could they do it in that time period in that location without leaving any mess? That's the question." And the chief of police is like, it's just not possible. Carlos Alberto Mercado, remember, he's the author. He's the one who wrote this book, Strange Mutilation. What was it called again? I think it was uh, Strange Harvest. Strange Harvest. The subtitle is Unusual Human Mutilations. I want to, I'm sure the famous ones in here as well, but I'm wondering, like, if his book's called Unusual Human Mutilations, I don't think it's just two of them. I think there's more. But uh, I don't want Matthias to have to translate anymore. He did a bang-up job just doing this one. But um, Carlos Alberto Mercado, the author, ended up interviewing one of the coroners who was in charge of making this decision that it was rats. And Carlos said it was super weird because I'm talking to this guy and he's very nervous. And he would, first he would, because this was a couple years later. First off, he would claim he didn't remember what he was talking about. Carlos is like, you really don't remember? You don't remember the story about the old lady whose face disappeared? You did Out of all the stuff you've done, you don't remember that? Okay, okay. I do remember the old lady whose face disappeared. The coroner would say, first off, he didn't remember it. And then when you jogged his memory, he'd be like, okay, yeah, I do. That was a really weird case. He would say that he took photos for his own private files. So obviously it was weird enough. That, who? I mean, I guess the coroners do that, but who's like... Uh, they get off work and they're like, oh, you know what? You know how I relax looking at my private files. They're looking at photographs of dead grandmas. They're like, oh, yes, the reason why I got into this business in the first place. Like, I guess they probably do keep private photos, but it's creepy. Uh, he has private files, pictures of this woman with no face. Carlos said when he talked to this coroner, he would first claim to not remember it and then say, yeah, it was weird. And then fess up to be some weird pervert with photos of it and then he goes and then he would waffle depending on who like if there was someone with an earshot the coroner would swear up and down that it was rats but sometimes when they were talking i'm assuming they did multiple interviews but he goes sometimes when we were talking he would confess to me that it was weird it was unexplained so if the coroner thought it was kind of this weird nervous energy the coroner was giving off, if he thought they were being overheard, he'd be like, what are you talking about? No, it was rats. Don't, 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 don't worry about that. Don't worry about that if your grandma just died. It was just rats. It wasn't anything spooky. But then sometimes they wouldn't come out and say that it was alien, but they would say it was unexplained. But then they would change their story again to be like, no, 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 it was just rats. Very nervous energy. But. What we do know is that was not the end of whatever this phenomenon was, because one year later, September 9th, 2000, in Sao Paulo, according to Carlos Alberto Mercado, a 22-year-old woman went missing. 
Her body was later found in an undeveloped plot of land. Wasn't out in the middle of nowhere. It was actually next to a shopping center and a college. When they found this young woman's corpse, her face had been removed. This time it looks like whatever did what it did took its time. Not only was there no face, there was no larynx, there was no tongue, both eyes were completely removed. Now, here we have a woman being found out in the middle of a field. This is where you would have rats and all sorts of vermin and vultures, not vultures, maybe it's not, it's not a Bugs Bunny cartoon, but you would have all sorts of uh, outdoor critters eating away at her face. This time, if you found a woman, her face had been eaten away, she was dead found a woman a face been eaten away laying in the grass, you'd be like, well, certainly the rats did this one. They found her, no face, all of this stuff missing from her face. She was wearing a white shirt, unstained with blood. And when the police were finally alerted to this girl's body, after someone spotted it and called the authorities and they came out there, they saw her laying in the field. Her body was still warm to the touch. Fascinating story. And you have to wonder, what what was this? What was this phenomenon that was taking people's faces? Now, the most rational answer was some sort of scavenger-type creature. And if it was just the woman in the field, that's a tragic story, but I don't think there would be any debate about that but it's when you have what's what do they call a locked door mystery where everything that happens is in a contained fairly controlled room in a short amount of time you have this woman this grandma's face removed her eyeballs removed all of her teeth removed muscle tissue All of this gone without leaving a drop of blood. And yet her body's warm to the touch. All within a 30 minute time span. It's a terrifying story. And you have to ask yourself, what was this phenomenon? And it's crazy to think that people who study ufoology people who study true crime people who study the world of high strangeness this is an incredibly obscure story why isn't this story more popular i could find zero english language sources on this story and because it's so gruesome and because it has the evidence to back it up and the photos to back it up i'm shocked that it's not out there more which makes me think it's not out there more because there are people who don't want it to get out there because this story is one of those stories that's so close to the truth it's a terrifying story that shows the limits of humanity's tools to fight against whatever it is that's out there it did what it wanted behind Closed doors in a short amount of time. And humans just look at it and go, what was that? 
something that was completely normal for whatever this phenomenon was, whether it was alien. I think it's probably alien, right? But who in the world knows? Demonic, interdimensional, who knows? But it just did it because it wanted to, and there was nothing we could do to prevent it. There's nothing we could do to even figure out what it was. That's how unexplainable the unexplainable truly is. You can study it for years and go, I still don't know what happened that night. And I keep saying, what was it? What was it? The bigger question is, what is it? Because if this story is not getting out, if this story is being actively suppressed from getting out into Western media, how many times has this happened? Is this still continuing to this day and those stories are also getting suppressed? Because if this story is being covered up, you have to wonder about all the other stories being covered up and you have to wonder how common this phenomenon is. Is it happening more often and we just don't hear about it? Because if a story with all of this evidence could be completely just really erased from UFOlogy, all of these photographs and all of these Witnesses, think about all the stories that don't get covered that have less than that, that are also authentic, but we don't even hear about. It's so fascinating to think. what We don't know what we don't know. And a lot of the stuff, we don't know it because somebody is keeping us from learning the truth. They might think they're doing it for our own safety or our own sanity. But if there's something out there stealing people's faces, I kind of want to know. But if there is no way to protect yourself from it or your loved ones from it, would you want to know? You're like, yes, I still would want to know, but would you? Ponder it this weekend and... We'll talk about it on Monday. Probably not. Probably not. We'll probably have some other crazy story to talk about. That's why I love doing this show. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one.